Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hello, my beloveds. Oh, I'm so grateful to be with you today. I have to tell you what happened this morning in our family because it was so scary. And I just feel like I want to tell you, I hope it's it, it's with to do with our dog, okay? And he's okay. Um, but last night I had told him I wanted to go to the dog park. And when he hears the word dog park, he knows what I'm saying. And he hopped into the car, which is our normal routine. I was going to take him, just me and him. And then my youngest son came out and wanted to cuddle. He caught me right before I left. And I had already started the car. The dog was in the car. And so I told my husband, hey, okay, I'll go cuddle him. Can you go turn off the car? I don't think my husband knew the dog was in the car. So our dog gets left in the car overnight and no windows are down. Now, don't worry. He's okay. And the car was in the garage and it's August, which is monsoon season in Arizona, which means that the temperature's down 10 to 12 degrees from our normal heat. And it was nighttime while he was in there. So gratefully, praise be to God, like he's okay. I took him to the vet today. They put um, some like liquid in him, like a liter of liquid, and it's just absorbing into his body. He doesn't have to try to drink it because he was dehydrated, but he's okay. I bought him like so many new little vitamins and treats. I was like, felt so horrible. Um, and we are so grateful that he's okay. Um, anyway, and there's really no moral to this story other than just, I wanted to share that with you. If you are a dog mom, you know how terrifying that would be. Even if you're not a dog mom, I think you can imagine. Also, I have an extended family member who actually had a dog pass away in a similar situation where the dog got in the car and nobody knew. Oh, and I didn't know this. I did some research, but dogs cannot actually sweat. And so they can have what's called hyperthermia. It's the opposite of hypothermia. Instead of getting really cold, they can get like too hot and essentially their organs can start shutting down. And and so one of the reasons we took him into the vet was just to like make sure that he was okay, that his hydration was in check, that none of his organs were like shutting down. But my goodness, it was so scary. Oh, 
Well, thank you. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Um, It's fun to connect with you guys on a personal level. Always. I wanted to say thank you before I dive in today, which by the way, today's episode feels very vulnerable, but very authentic. And so, and for those of you who are Christian or who even have an interest in Christ and the Bible or like what what might have happened and even just an interest in how to live your life aligned to your highest consciousness in the context as well, bringing in towards the end of the episode, um, postpartum healing and how to heal and feel better postpartum in a way that integrates into a lifelong, long-term higher sense of purpose and, um, sort of like a soul healing, not just the physical symptom, you know, getting out of those, please listen today because this episode's going to ground you, center you, and get you focused in the right direction. So it'll be a good one. I wanted to thank all of you today um, for your participation in the little giveaway that I did. And some of you left reviews on the podcast. And I just wanted to thank you so much for that. Truly. I really appreciate that. It helps the show be found by more women and um, helps more women come into this healing space and get these free resources. And so I just so thank you and appreciate you. It also helps my business. And I just wanted to give you my gratitude for that participation. Thanks so much. And if you haven't left a review, today's a great day. Leave a review. I would so appreciate it. This podcast benefits from it. Okay. I'm not going to read a review just because I had a longer intro today and I want to get to the topic. Um, but just thank you so much again, you guys, you, you don't know. It means so much to me and to all of us. I mean, my family and those who are finding the podcast, I know will feel so grateful for the reviews that you've left to help it grow and reach them. So thanks again. It really touches people. Sorry for the change in sound. I went back and caught that the mic came undone for a a little bit. So for the next couple minutes, it's going to sound a little more echoey and then it'll get back to this nice full microphone sound. So thanks for understanding. Okay. So there's kind of two parts to what I want to share today and they integrate towards the end. So I'm going to share both of them. And this definitely is an episode that has been the result of many months. Honestly, this is a very well marinated thing that I'm bringing forth to you. It's something that I really let integrate for a long time before sharing it. And usually those make the best, most profound and impactful episodes. So you will notice um, if you have already joined my program um, or if you haven't, there is a section in the online course portion of the program. So if you don't know, I have a postpartum program for women. I'll just give you a quick you know, synopsis of it. It's a 12-week program. We meet 90 minutes a week on live calls. Those get recorded for those whose baby have a blowout or she's nursing and kind of multitasking. So we always record the calls because postpartum women, you know, I like you to have the replay just in case. And so there's 12 live calls and then you have um, an online course that I developed over three years of coaching women postpartum one-on-one. And in this course, there's a three-step process. Okay. Calm your body, calm your mind and calm your life. But there is one of the favorite videos of this course is actually in the I have a short section that sort of prepares you to partake in and, and, and get involved in the three-step healing process for postpartum. And this intro section is called Intro to Healing. And in this Intro to Healing section, there's a video called Descending to the Heart. And we talk a lot about getting out of your head. And I mentioned the ego and the role that the ego plays in our lives and the role that it plays specifically in our suffering. 
And then, and, and, and that includes medically medical grade suffering, such as anxiety and depression, but it also just cl- includes any of the self-pity or the fatigue or the drag that we feel, the emotional checked outness that we feel, and even a little bit of the trauma that we experience. The ego is that part of us that really gets attached to our plans and what we thought would happen, or we, it, it gets attached to the identity that we have. For example, if your body changes postpartum, the body image issues or the self-rejection or the disgust or the disappointment that you might feel around your body, that is the ego. The ego identifies with form. And that actually creates a lot of the suffering we experience in this physical existence because we are not form. Our true selves and our true identity is something separate from our body. It is a part of us that existed before this body and that will exist after this body. Now, no matter what your beliefs are about what might have been the status before we came to this earth and lived and were born in this body, whether you believe in other lifetimes and past lives or whether you believe in a pre-existence where you know you were being prepared to come to this earth, whether you believe you chose the family you're with and the existence that you're in or that it was assigned to you, whatever your beliefs are, and especially even after this life, no matter what you believe, this has relevance, this question of ego versus the heart. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. So swinging back to what I was saying, in my postpartum course that you get when you are in the program, like I said, there's this video called Descending to the Heart. And we talk about how to get out of your head. And we really, I want to share with you actually a few ways to know that you're in your head. Okay. This is how you know that the ego has a hold over your life. And that's not a problem. It's not a sin. It's not, but it's something that, um, is going to give way to, um, a lot of suffering and a lot more discontent in your life. And as you can descend into the body and specifically your heart center, and I know that sounds so sappy, <laughs> like just go to your heart and everything will be fine. But I actually have some evidence from Christian theology today to support this idea that it makes a difference. So again, whether you're Christian or not, it when you can descend into your body and um, and live more body integrated and less in your head, the quality of your existence and the quality of the spirituality you can experience as you go through this existence, again, regardless of your beliefs and your religion, it changes for to the more spiritual. Okay. So this is intriguing, right? I hope that this is interesting to you. And I promise that this also relates to your ability to recover and to be on a more healthy and emotionally emotional and spiritually more healthy trajectory moving forward from postpartum. So I thought I would share. I actually just went back and listened to this video and made some notes and I want to share with you um I'm going to compare, you know, heart-centered living and in body integrated living versus more heady living. And I want you to feel out where are you? If there was a sliding scale between way up in your head, 
down to like way present, calm, grounded in your body. And that's how you live. Where do you live? Where do you reside most in your head in your body or somewhere in between? Okay. So head centered, we don't want to get down and play with our kids. Um, we can really check out during sex. We don't have a lot of sex drive. Basically being in your body is something that takes work and effort and you kind of aren't convinced that you always want to be there. It's not something that's necessarily fun for you to do. Um, you are resistant to changes in schedule and, um, you might get a lot of headaches, um, or have a lot of jaw issues, just like tension in your, in your face and head. I was going to say fed. Um, you have sometimes an overfocus on scheduling and you might get attached to plans. Um, you might be really proud of your type A-ness. And again, that's not, I'm not saying it's bad to be type A necessarily, but this is something that is indicative of being a little bit more comfortable up in your head and sometimes more checked out of the body. And this, you know, you might not be one or the other, you might be sliding around all the time. So this is just something to consider. Um, you can be kind of inflexible. Um, when you're a little bit more OCD, that's, that's a tendency that you're in your head, right? I'm not trying to diagnose or tell you, you have OCD, but if you are really focused on control, if you have a really hard time letting go of control, you might be subject to the ego and you might be trapped up in your head. Um, and by the way, from a nervous system perspective, when you've gone through something traumatic or a really big life change and change and transition like postpartum, you are more likely to be in your head. Most of us who are listening are probably more head centered, if not completely up in our head. And we know it, it's exhausting. It really makes, because of there's a disconnection with your body, your adrenals and your cortisol are like running a marathon every day because you're anxious or, or some, you know, they're higher level and it can be really exhausting and it can lead into a depression. Um, depression, I think is your body and mind saying, Hey, we're disconnected and we need some help. Even depressiveness. Maybe you haven't been, um, maybe you don't identify as depressed and you haven't been diagnosed, but you're just not feeling happy. And you're a happy person, but you're not feeling happy postpartum, right? So that can be a sign that you're kind of caught up in the ego's grip in your head. And that doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. And this isn't like a spiritual or moral judgment. This is just to have awareness so that you can do the work required to return to the body, return home to the body and to the heart and have a more spiritual, fulfilling, spiritually fulfilling existence. Um, a couple more things when you're head centered you tend to have body image issues or have a lot of self-rejection or just have a really tumultuous relationship with your body, whether it's acne or, you know, your love handles or you don't like your toes, whatever it is. Um, you and your body tend to be at odds regularly or maybe newly postpartum as well. Um, boundaries can be really difficult when you're in your head, you're often overanalyzing other people's feelings and you're kind of out of your body again, out of presence with yourself. And you tend to be more in the imagination and the imaginary presence of, of other people's heads. Like you tend to be in their thoughts and other people's thoughts feel very real to you because you're not down at one with your root wisdom and grounded presence. Now, again, this is not a criticism and I'm not telling you that you're like this all the time. So if some of these are resonating, consider it a good thing because you are now aware that you are more head centered and you can start to peak and open your awareness to maybe getting more heart centered. Now, if you're heart centered, um, some of the ways that you 
exude or exhibit when you are heart-centered, some of the, the characteristics. You are grounded. You are present. You even talk slower. I can actually feel how in their heart or in their body somebody is versus how in their head they are based on how they talk and um, the pauses that they take and um, even just like the resonance in their voice. I don't know. Maybe it's because I was a vocal performance major for a while and I also just have a lot of experience being out of my body and then returning back to my body. I can gauge it in just how somebody talks to me. Even if I was doing a console over the phone, I can really deduce that in just a matter of seconds. I feel myself a little bit pitter-pattery. I don't know that I'm like out of my body, but I feel nervous because I care so deeply about this topic. I want to make sure I convey it to you in a really powerful way. So forgive me if you hear like breathiness or I'm talking fast. I'm just really, this is so important to your, the, I mean, this potentially like this information could really help you have a 180 that gears you towards healing in a way that changes your life. And so I, I really care about this information. Okay. So when you're heart centered and you're in your body, you're in your heart, you're not stuck in your head, you're grounded, you're present. Um, you take breaks from thought and you do that naturally. Um, one way to take break from thought is meditation. Another way might be yoga or some sort of exercise, but you regularly are spending time engaged in the body. Um, you are playful. You enjoy a change in schedule and spontaneity. You, um, enjoy sex and sexuality and it's natural and like a rhythm in for you, or at least more than when you're in your head. There's just a general flow to your life and your personality. You're not so high strung. Um, your body and you have like a really open conversational relationship where when your body needs something or something's not right, you can feel it. You're not like it's not like you're going throughout your day and your body's just sort of following whatever you want to do. You check in with your body. Um, and let's see, you're very open to spiritual things. A lot of time when we're head centered, we don't have like a spiritual flow. And again, I'm not talking about any specific belief system or religion. I'm just talking about those, um, like you can't, they're not palpable, but like those feely goody, um, spiritual experiences or, or just rich body centered experiences where you aren't, um, like I said, caught in your head and you are able to sit back and reflect on life and have like a deep juicy experience of life rather than that survival mode, sort of shallow surfacey, always just go, go, go trying to do what needs to be done. Never really taking time to sit back and think, what do I want out of this existence? Right? So that's what I mean by grounded. Um, and then last thing with, um, being heart centered is you are so present and you might be somewhere in between so present and not present at all. So I just want to reemphasize, it's not like you're one or the other. You might be somewhere in between on this spectrum. So in the intro to heal, I hope this is resonating with you, you guys. I hope this is interesting. Um, in my course, right in my program too, the live calls of the program, we make, we kind of take inventory together. I have like a self-evaluation worksheet. We fill it out every month of the three month program. And you really kind of watch how from the beginning of the course, you do tend to be more head centered. And as you do this work and you learn the calm, your body, calm, your mind, calm, your life process, and you begin to reconnect to your body and to slow down your mind and have more stewardship over the both of them and more connection 
over the, like with the both of them, yeah, you start to feel more heart-centered. And you guys, I'm not just saying this. Like I'm literally hearing my clients' words and I'm picturing their faces because there have been women that have gone through this program who it really feels like their lives have been saved. And I don't just mean with their heartbeat and on a medical level, but I mean that they have really awoken to all of them and really gotten out of the grasp of the ego and some of the symptoms like anxiety and fatigue and depressiveness or or baby blues. And they have descended into the body in a way that not only heals them postpartum, but that sets them up for a trajectory of more conscious living. So it's kind of a two for one in the program, right? The first couple months, especially those first four weeks, we're really working with our anxiety or depressiveness or whatever you feel like is kind of having control over you. Maybe it's just thought patterns. Maybe it's past trauma. And we're working with that to be able to function on a day-to-day level because unlike a lot of therapy or maybe heavier modalities, I make an emphasis in my three-step program on the postpartum woman. And the postpartum woman while it would be nice to carve out days and weeks and hours of time to cry and resolve her past, she doesn't have that because she's got babies that need her and she's got a schedule and, you know, literally diapers, mouths to feed. And so we really work on the functional day-to-day stuff first. Then when you're feeling good, your head's above water, you're, you're feeling more confident, you're feeling more flow. Um, you're feeling like your brain and your mind are quieter and, and you're, you're just more yourself. That's when we introduce more of the nervous system and somatic, um, stuff. And it's not necessarily deeper. It's not necessarily even that trauma comes up because not everybody has trauma that's like deep and needs to come up, but we, um, are able to then kind of go past just the body and mind and integrate and balance and talk more about the nervous system. Okay. So I hope this is making sense. I hope that you're interested here, right? And that you have a desire to better understand how can I get more into my heart? I mentioned I have some Christian theology I want to share, and this comes largely from a book that I want to give credit to. I will link it in the show notes. I'm not necessarily repeating her exact words here. I'm trying not to. Again, I've been reading her book for months now, um, probably close to six months, um, just taking it in little bits and pieces. And so this is something that I've integrated and, and hopefully the things I share are more a product of my own experience plus her book. And it's something completely different and not necessarily just straight from her mouth, but I want to recognize her. Her name is Megan Watterson and Megan, I believe is spelled M E G G A N. Watterson is, you know, anyway, the link will be in the show notes. She wrote a book called Mary Magdalene revealed. Um, and it's basically the subtitle is It is the first apostle, her feminist gospel, and the Christianity we haven't tried yet. Now, if that's not compelling to you, I don't know what would be because to me it's fascinating. So I've been on this journey better understanding Christ's relationship with Mary Magdalene and the impact that that might have on me as a woman and a disciple of Christ, and then also um, the sort of light that that sheds on his gospel and could there be um, a feminine aspect or understanding um, that there could be there for me as I understand this woman who spent so much time with Christ? There's a couple facts about 
the relationship between Mary Magdalene and Christ that didn't actually make the cut into the Bible. For what reason, I don't know. I do believe that the Bible is a wonderful, amazing book of scripture. And I believe that it has been passed through many languages and hands and predominantly, you know, only men. And so if there were any people who helped in the translation of the Bible that were suppressive to women to any degree, or even to certain outcomes for the church, and they had any agenda, that's concerning to me. And so one thing I I have enjoyed is understanding that there are books that were not put in the Bible that were written, like the book of Philip, for example, or the gospel of Mary. I did not know that Christ, one of Christ's main companions and one of the apostles, Mary, she had her own gospel. And Christ taught her things that he didn't teach others. So Philip tells us that Christ and Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, which was they, Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene, these are both titles for these amazing people. And um, they had a relationship where he kissed her often on the lips. And I didn't know that. And I've been Christian my whole life. And I didn't know that. And that was amazing to me to know that in such... I, I really value family and marriage and um, and partnership and, and just like commitment. In, and I believe it's a really important spiritual growing point in this journey we call life. And this is just my personal beliefs. I definitely want to respect any of yours, and I'm not in any way pushing mine on you at all. And so for me, with family being so important to me, knowing that Christ potentially could have had a companion that was beyond just a friend or a follower or a student— or an apostle, but somebody who he leaned on in an emotional way. It was a really beautiful idea to me. And again, this comes from the gospel of Philip. He kissed her regularly on the lips. And so they had this special relationship, potentially. That is one interpretation of that writing, right? Now, there are many things I could say that I've learned about Mary Magdalene and Christ and the way that learning about the one has complemented my depth of appreciation for the other. But I want to focus, again, sticking to one of the purposes of this share that I'm going to do here being um, helping postpartum women have a healing and an awakening that blesses the rest of their motherhood. That is one of my goals with this episode. So I'm going to focus specifically on what we call the resurrection. Now, again, the resurrection of Christ. And again, be, um, before I get into this, I just want to remember, I want you to remember, because I care about everybody feeling included and safe here. And I realize that not everybody that listens is Christian or they're not members of my particular church. They, um, You might not be religious at all. You might even have religious trauma. I have religious trauma. I have experienced trauma around my existence in a religion, and it's been really baffling and, and difficult. I have felt anger. And so I just want you all to know I'm an open book, and I, I am not here to proclaim anything except for something that I might believe could help you as a postpartum woman. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. So let's talk about the Latin words that were originally written. No le matangere, okay? 
Nole Matandre. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct, correctly. Um, one of the chosen translations, this is something that Christ said to Mary Magdalene, the first witness of his resurrected body. Okay. And how you define resurrection, I'm not going to go into that. Um, but I'm just going from the King James version of the Bible here. And I'm, um, Mary Magdalene revealed this book by Megan Watterson. She lets us know that no le matangere, the, the, this, the, the translation was, we know it as touch me not. The most common translation of that into the English language is touch me not. And the art that often accompanies this, this moment where Christ came to Mary Magdalene and said, woman, you know, why weepest thou? And eventually she recognizes him and she says, Rabboni, which means teacher, right? And she has this, this knowing that it is him. And um, amidst all of her grief, it's a really beautiful thing. And a lot of the art that surrounds this moment depicts him kind of signaling to her, hey, don't touch me. And the assumption is maybe, I mean, I'm going off of my assumption and a lot of what I've maybe heard taught with this moment is, hey, I'm not ascended to the Father yet, so you can't touch me because you're mortal and I'm something else right now. And it could maybe interrupt my ascension. And so I've always had this more physical interpretation of this phrase, no le matandre, that he says to her. But um, Megan Watterson says that a more apt translation is do not cling to me or do not attach to me. And so it could potentially not be as much physical as an instruction, right? He was her teacher. He was raising her and teaching her as, as well as the other apostles in this nodic path. It's a spiritual path. He had mastered this path. And the nodic path or the, yeah, canodic path, I think that's how you say it. It's not nodic, it's canodic path. I'm not sure exactly how to spell that. But it was a a self-emptying love, right? So if you know about the atonement of Christ when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was taking upon him the sins of the world, as the Bible states, he basically was like, my, thy will be done. You know, like, if we can remove this cup from me, like if I don't have to do this, that'd be great. But nevertheless, my will be done. Such a great example of this self-emptying love. Okay. And so um, this is something he was teaching to his apostles. And in the gospel of Mary, in Mary's writings, which remember, she spent a lot of time getting personal personal tutoring from Christ in ways that other apostles did not as his closest companion, his beloved. He loved her more than the others. That's literally what it says in, in I, I believe, in Philip's gospel. And so her writings are super special. And I have not actually gone through her gospel, the gospel of Mary and her writings. That's something I deeply desire to do. But what we can understand is that she was a student of Christ's the way he per- wonderfully, perfectly, in my opinion, exemplified this self-emptying love. She was a student on this kenotic path of basically turning her will over to God. Now, what does that entail? Megan Watterson talks about the ego and how the ego is basically that part of us that attaches. And I'm going to give some postpartum nuance to that in a moment. So that's going to be really rich and lovely. So hang tight for that. I know this is kind of a bigger... <laughs> episode, like it's, it's meaty. And so I, I'm going slow and I want you to know, you can go back and listen to it a couple times if you need to. Um, I think it'll be really satisfying though. So I'm really excited to share this with you. So this self-emptying love, this ability to basically disengage from the programming of the ego 
and which the ego again gets really attached to our body looking a certain way. The ego gets attached to living certain rules almost at our own expense or, or getting really into routine and structure. Essentially the ego attaches to form. If you listen to Eckhart Tolle, who is an amazing modern spiritual guide and teacher, he talks a lot about in his book, um, the power of now and also a new earth. He talks about how ego is the source of our suffering and postpartum, the ego really gets attached to our life before baby came postpartum. The ego can get really attached to what we thought postpartum was going to be like and how it's so different than we thought it was going to be like. The ego can be attached to um, how our marriage or our our relationship with our beloved used to feel and how it feels now that we have this baby and we're tired and we're not having a lot of sex and maybe we don't even like our body, right? So the ego, a sign that the ego is at play is that there could be a lot of grief and maybe even anxiety and depressiveness. Now, you haven't done anything wrong if, if this is happening with you postpartum. But part of Christ's mission and his teachings to his people was to release the ego's grip on your experience of this lifetime and to descend into the heart. So one thing Megan Watterson teaches and one thing I believe is that this instruction, this no lay matangere, he wasn't saying don't touch me, right? This is my interpretation. He was possibly saying don't cling to me or don't attach to me, meaning remember The robes that you see and the body that you see in front of you that is me is not me. I am that I am. I am more than just this form, right? He's kind of reminding her, hey, student, remember, we don't get attached to form. I am with you always because I am in your heart. There is nowhere you could go that I cannot be. We hear that like in Moana, right? I'm thinking of Moana. The grandmother says, there is nowhere you could go that I cannot be. And then she's like, go get on the boat, do your mission in life. This is personally what I believe is really intended, maybe one of the meanings of the second coming of Christ. We have this first coming where he's physically present on the earth, but those of us who potentially want to follow him and really juice like his teachings and his gospel, it's possible that there's this second coming that he gives to each one of us in an individual personalized way where like Mary Magdalene that moment, she she had the chance to see him physically. We don't necessarily, but like her, he is instructing us that when we are in our heart, there is a spiritual palpability, a spiritual realm that we enter into that is healing, that releases us from the attachment of the ego and gives us a surrendering of wills. When we surrender our will, when we're able to enter the heart and live in a heart-centered way, we surrender to our symptoms of anxiety and depression. It doesn't mean we don't work with a doctor or we don't take them seriously, but we ask the question, what are these here to teach me? That is a very a very spiritual approach to your postpartum struggles. If, if anxiety, I just said this to a client the other day, if anxiety was like a person and it, it, it was like a being almost, and it had a message for you. And every time your anxiety was sparking or your, you know, you just weren't feeling right postpartum, that part of you, whatever your troubled part of you is, whatever it's like, it, it wants to say something to you. And it's just waiting for you to slow down and engage into your heart, maybe through some breath, maybe through some meditation. And it has a message for you. What would that message be? And what if that message could change your life? and could change your postpartum experience, but not just so you can feel better. What if it could literally 
transform you into an awakened woman and an awakened mother, into somebody who has a more deep experience of this life. I believe this is what that the being we call Jesus Christ or Yeshua, however you want to say, and no matter your relationship to him or lack thereof, I believe that this is something he was on this earth to teach us. And I believe that postpartum women are in a unique position to descend to their heart because they are bombarded with the ego and it's a problem. There is so many, there are so many ways to suffer postpartum. It is such a difficult time. And because of that, it is um, potentially with my program's help, and I believe also the teachings of Christ, it is potentially a time for you to awaken and build a bridge to your body and re-embody and re-inhabit your heart. And from so doing, I believe that actually, whether you want to be like Christ or not, I believe that that um, enables you to open to a dimension of living and health and wellness and um, emotional prosperity that isn't available to us when we are so stuck in our head, when we are subjected to the ego. So if you can't tell, I'm really passionate about helping postpartum women have a specific process, right? The Bible's great. Christ is great. But he wasn't a woman and he didn't birth a baby. And we are here and we did do that. And so hopefully my three-step process, calm your body, calm your mind, calm your life, and the intro to healing process that really lays that foundation can in a very simple way, literally these these videos are like 15 minutes or less each. You can listen to them or watch them. And there's visual worksheets to help you better digest. And if that wasn't enough, you also get 90 minutes of a little bit of instruction, celebrating, and then open coaching every Monday night for the duration of the 12 weeks to help you integrate and make the most of this postpartum journey so that you're not just suffering, but you're alchemizing that suffering into a life-changing experience that literally continues to give to you the rest of your life as you come back to the body. You're not only feeling better and healing postpartum, but you are finding yourself again. It's better than normal again, right? When Christ was saying, I have something better than bread and water. I have everlasting water, right? It's like, I have something better than just feeling better again postpartum. I have something that can literally awaken your body and your and like reconnect your relationship with your body maybe for the first time in your life so you can rise above the trauma or the life's experiences that you're currently or the struggles you're having and you can really find yourself like in a in a meaningful way that's that's more than just about feeling better postpartum this is my hope for my program i do have okay i have a bonus if you sign up this week you guys if you join us this week you can get private support from me. I don't know if I'll offer this again. I, I've never offered it before. Usually private Voxer, it's it's an app that's like texting and voice messaging back and forth. I give you a one-on-one messaging um, kind of like pr- platform between me and you during the 12 weeks. I've never done that before. It's something that's typically only reserved for my private clients, and I don't know if I'm going to do it again. So basically the value of this program is over $5,000 and it's 1800 bucks right now. You can get it for 600 a month. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to make it cheap because it's a really valuable program. It's going to give you long life lasting change. So I'm not here to like wheel and deal and I'm not discounting it, but I am adding this, um, this personal support because I really care about the lifetime 
growth and reputation of this program. And since this is just my second cohort, I'm, I have a low price and I have a really um, valuable support because I want to make sure that every single woman that goes through this program has amazing results so that she's completely like spilling over with joy and value and testimonial and like no regret that she did this program and she wants to share it with the world. That's my intention. So I want you guys to be so taken care of. So join us, go to lizzielangston.com forward slash program to apply for the program. Once you apply, you'll get a consult booking link in your email. You book the consult. At that point, I send you a bunch of information to help you prepare for the short 30 minute consult so that it can be incredibly valuable. It all starts right now by you going to lizzielangston.com forward slash program and applying. Apply now. I'll put the link in the show notes and I'll see you next week. Time is running out. You guys, we start, um, I'm closing the doors August 29th. All right. So don't wait, get in now. I'm so excited to have you with us. I love you. It's going to be so meaningful and soul filling, and I can't wait to to see you in there. We'll talk soon.